Coming up on this week's episode of the EV Resource Podcast, Tesla updates autopilot and adds a use for the in-cabin camera, Infinity talks plans for their first EV, Audi looks to build a tri-motor EV, and more. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. As always, I want to thank Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their help with this podcast. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Virginia that are actually qualified to work on EVs and hybrids, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. Before we get started with all the news this week, I do have a humble request. One of the goals that I have is to be able to create a custom URL for the EV Resource YouTube channel. And the only requirement I am missing is with the number of subscribers. You need 100 subscribers, which I know doesn't sound like a whole lot. Uh, Right now, I'm at a little bit more than 40. So my request would be that you share the YouTube channel with your friends, or if you haven't subscribed yourself to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that. And that way I can create a custom URL to be able to direct people to the YouTube channel more effectively. And with that being said, let's get to the news. So the first bit of news I want to bring you this week is about Audi and the e-tron and e-tron Sportback SUV models. Back in February, Electrek had reported that Audi was developing an S package for the e-tron and e-tron Sportback SUVs with a tri-motor powertrain. The three motors, two of which would be located in the back, together would have an output of 370 kilowatts or just a little bit more than 500 horsepower. But because of the gearing, it would result in 717 pound-feet of torque and achieve an acceleration from 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in 4.5 seconds. However, as some videos from the Automotive Mike YouTube channel this week are showing, acceleration is not where the e-tron S is going to shine. The three motors have an intelligent drive control that deliver impressive electronic torque vectoring, resulting in some very safe and dynamic handling. The advantage of this system is that the rear axle has fully variable torque vectoring, allowing the e-tron S to provide power to the rear wheels independently of each other to push through the corners. Now, I will provide a link in the show notes to the YouTube video so that everybody who's listening to the audio-only version of the podcast, you guys can then go and check out this video. It is not often that we're going to see an SUV perform at this level. It is definitely some very impressive handling for a vehicle of that size. Now, Audi has claimed that they are going to be the first manufacturer to produce an electric vehicle with a tri-motor configuration, but they haven't elaborated on what the timing of that release is going to be. They are going to have to release the tri-motor S package on these vehicles soon, though, because we are expecting Tesla to release their very own tri-motor configuration in the Model S Plaid later this year. And Tesla and Audi aren't the only ones that are working on powertrain configurations with more than two motors. Three and four electric motor configurations are expected to become the new benchmark for performance vehicles in the coming years, with many vehicle programs in the works. Now moving on, Infinity, Nissan's performance and luxury brand, has been hit fairly hard by the coronavirus pandemic 
and it's been forced to drop several planned models in order to be prevented from losing money. But at the same time, new models are going to be added to their range, even electrified ones, and it seems that all of the models are going to be performance-oriented, according to Inside EVs. Now, they say, according to a report published on Automotive News, which interviewed Infinity's chairman, who confirmed plans to introduce one pure EV as well as a gas-powered EV. Uh, now, of course, the former seems pretty straightforward. The gas-powered EV, on the other hand, seems to be a bit of a contradiction of terms. It will apparently be a performance-oriented electric vehicle that will have a rather small battery pack and will rely on a gasoline engine to run continually in order to produce power. They plan on branding it ePower, suggesting that it's going to be similar to other models sold by parent company Nissan under the same moniker. However, it will be different from Nissan's other ePower models because it will be entirely performance-focused. Now, we don't know exactly how quick this new model will be, but this information, along with the model's name, should be disclosed within the next few months. There will also be a sporty, pure EV model as well, and aside from knowing that these models are coming, Infinity hasn't been very forthcoming with much more information as of yet. Now, one thing I want to do is take a minute to explain a little bit more about how Nissan's e-power system works, because the idea of a gas-powered EV is somewhat of a contradiction. Technically, by definition, an EV is a vehicle where the wheels are driven by an electric motor directly. That's why a gasoline-electric hybrid like the Prius isn't considered to be an EV in of itself, because the gasoline engine is directly connected to the drivetrain and therefore driving the wheels. What Nissan has done with their e-power system is disconnected the gas-burning engine from the drivetrain and is using it entirely as an onboard generator to keep the battery charged. What this does is it allows them to use the electric motors to provide instant torque, acceleration, and smooth power delivery while not having to have a very large battery to store electrical energy. I am a little bit suspicious, though, because it does seem like Nissan is really trying to take advantage of a lot of the legal benefits of building an EV while avoiding a lot of the cost, and certainly at this point not providing much benefit to air quality or the environment. So while the PR team at Nissan and Infiniti are certainly going to tout the many benefits of having a gas-powered EV, I think that the proper step forward is going to be getting rid of the gas-burning engine entirely. Tesla earlier this week rolled out an update to its autopilot and full self-driving package that no longer requires drivers to confirm that a traffic light is green before the vehicle will drive through it. The previous version did require drivers to confirm explicitly that the intersection that it was the car was rolling up to was safe to travel through. The initial rollout of the function required drivers to confirm navigation through green lights either by pressing the driver's stalk or lightly pressing on the accelerator pedal. Tesla noted that the confirmation process was a precaution as the capabilities of the new function would then ease drivers into using the feature while also testing its effectiveness. That's something that Tesla has been really good at that as they're making improvements to their full self-driving package, they are constantly using the drivers and the owners of their vehicles to be test subjects in a methodical and safe way. Um, they've done this before with other features. They've required users to confirm 
like with the lane change, for example, when they first rolled that out on full self-driving, you had to confirm that it was okay to change lanes before the car would do that. Well, then, of course, they advanced beyond that, and the car, as long as it's safe and there's no cars in the lane that you want to travel to, the car will just change lanes when you indicate that you want to do that. Or if you're navigating on autopilot, the car will just change lanes. Now they've adopted a similar progression to green lights, where when they first introduced this feature, they did require the driver to confirm that the light was green before going through. Well, I guess they got enough data and they realized that, okay, this is now a safe thing to do. So this week, Tesla has removed the green light confirmation from its traffic light and stop sign control feature. The function can only be activated while traveling behind another vehicle. So that's important. You can't just go out there on your own and there's a green light and right through just yet. I think that is something that's to come. Once again, this is just showing that Tesla is being very safe and cautious as they're advancing this software. Now this week, thanks to a video shared by a Tesla Model 3 owner, Mouser58907, we now have a first look at autopilot feature in action. His video shows his vehicle navigating through green lights without having to confirm that it's safe to travel through the intersection. Tesla's release notes for the feature describe the improvements that they have made since rolling out the first versions of this traffic light and stop sign control back in April. They say the traffic light and stop sign control feature no longer requires explicit driver confirmation of pushing down the gear selector to continue straight through an intersection for green lights when there is a lead vehicle ahead of you. The stop line in the driving visualization will now turn green to indicate that the car will continue through an intersection. And that's something that's interesting. When I was watching the video, I had just assumed that the green bar was indicating that the traffic light was green, not that they were indicating that the car was safe to travel through the intersection. So that's something that I learned from reading the notes. Uh, they continue by saying, please continue to pay attention and be ready to take immediate action, including braking, because this feature may not stop for all traffic controls. This feature will not attempt to turn through intersections, but over this, as we continue to learn from the fleet, the feature will control more naturally. To me, that reads like Tesla's lawyers got involved and really wanted to put a disclaimer in there to say, hey, you as a driver are still responsible for everything that is happening with this vehicle. Which, honestly, at this point, until we reach full self-driving, like full, full self-driving, like level five autonomy, uh, or even level four autonomy, it's so important for people to realize that this is not hands-off. You are still driving the vehicle, even though it's taking over a lot of the actual driving, you are still responsible for everything that's going on. Now, according to this article by Teslarati, the feature is currently only available in U.S. markets, but... CEO Elon Musk indicated earlier this year that international rollouts would begin in Q3. Autopilot and self-driving functions are usually released in international markets later than in the U.S. because driving laws vary from country to country. Now, Elon had explicitly stated that getting the software right was a priority, and he said very important to make sure that this is done right. So with this new software rollout, I think Tesla is really showing that they are moving slowly and methodically towards having a feature-complete full self-driving software package. Currently, Tesla is only missing the inner-city driving portion of the FSD suite, which will rely 
heavily on navigating through traffic lights and stop signs safely. But we're getting so close to a point where you can just hop in your car and it will drive you from point A to point B, whether that be home to work or wherever you're going, without needing driver intervention. And that is a very important aspect of what Tesla is working to achieve. Now, earlier this week, I had the opportunity to test drive a Nissan Leaf SL Plus, which includes Nissan's ProPilot driver assist software. And I have to say that in comparison to Tesla's Autopilot, it is years behind. Uh, a lot of the characteristics of the program actually were similar to when I test drove Tesla's Autopilot back when Tesla first introduced it. But that has been, what, at, at least three or four years, maybe maybe longer. I'd have to go back and check some of my previous Facebook posts on that. Uh, but Tesla over and over is showing how far advanced they are com when compared to the rest of the traditional auto manufacturers. A lot of people have said that Tesla is going to not reach full self-driving before other companies like Waymo or GM's Super Cruise. But I think that this just shows that when you have millions of vehicles on the road that can be test vehicles for you, even running test software in the background where it's not even an active feature, I think that's putting Tesla far ahead of the competition and actually works to accelerate that gap. Tesla also recently released a software update that includes improvements to the driving visualization, backup camera, dash cam viewer, walkaway door lock systems, and finally, an official use for the cabin camera feature, which has been the interior facing camera and they intend on using footage from this camera to create a safer vehicle in the future by studying how different types of collisions impact the human passengers inside the vehicle. Their release notes state that this update will allow you to enable the built-in camera above the rearview mirror. If enabled, Tesla will automatically capture images and a short video clip prior, just prior to a collision or safety event to help engineers develop safety features and enhancements in the future. As usual, you can adjust your data sharing preferences by tapping controls, safety and security, data sharing, allow camera analytics. Note, cabin camera images and video clips will not be associated with your VIN to protect your privacy. Now, Teslarati points out that Tesla's vehicles are already among the safest cars on the road, as evidenced by multiple five-star crash safety ratings from numerous agencies across the world Tesla's cars are engineered to protect the passengers in the event of an accident. However, the company has not used these ratings as an indication that its vehicles are incapable of improving. And I think that's something that's worthy of pointing out, that Tesla is never satisfied with the status quo. They can achieve the best rating ever when it comes to safety, and they're still not done. They want to make it better. And I think the addition of the cabin camera's safety monitoring system proves that Tesla is never content with how safe its vehicles are. The company is always seeking to improve and add additional features that increase the safety of its cars. Data that will be transmitted to engineers via the cabin camera feature will surely give insight into where the company can improve, leading Tesla to become the undisputed manufacturer of the world's safest cars, bar none. And more and more, when we are talking about improvements to vehicles, it entirely comes down to a software improvement. No longer are cars being modified with new parts to make them faster or safer or better. 
Um, now, of course, that is happening on the development side, but it's just not something that we're talking about anymore. And to that point, Electrek reported earlier this week that Mercedes and NVIDIA are going to co-develop a software and hardware system for Mercedes vehicles to use for full self-driving themselves, with the expected timeline being cars hitting the road in 2024. The system is going to be based on NVIDIA's Orion chip, which they claim outperforms Tesla's full self-driving computer by 38%. Mercedes and NVIDIA announced the partnership back in 2017, but now we have a little bit more information about when that partnership will bear fruit. NVIDIA systems should be available to all Mercedes next generation vehicles, though it won't necessarily roll out to all vehicle lines at the same time. But all cars will come with the hardware built in regardless of whether or not they are ordered with the full self-driving options installed. Now, if that sounds familiar, it's probably because Tesla currently offers all vehicles with the autopilot hardware installed and then the full self-driving as an additional software option. Mercedes and NVIDIA also emphasize that their next-gen vehicles will be software-defined with continuous upgradability, also similar to Tesla. And I think we're going to be seeing that with Volkswagen and the ID3 and 4 and so on. Now to Mercedes, another aspect of software-defined will be the presence of apps, much like on your phone. Some apps might be free and others may be something that you have to pay for, perhaps with a subscription model. But this is going to be a way for owners to customize their driving experience and for cars to lengthen their usable life by getting new features after release. We don't know if there will be an API for third-party developers or if the apps will just be provided by NVIDIA and Mercedes themselves. Either way, I think this is really showing the future of what vehicles are going to be as an extension of our lives just the way the phone did. Phones 15 years ago were just phones and maybe had a couple of features. Well, now they are full of apps, full of capability to adjust to how we want to live our lives. And I think cars are going to be doing that as well. Tesla has shown that that is something that people want. And I think we're going to see a lot of the other manufacturers follow suit. Now, regarding the full self-driving capability of what Mercedes and NVIDIA are putting together, they claim that this will be built on their Drive AGX Orion platform. Uh, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that gets upgraded before 2024. When it comes to computers and hardware and even software, Things move fast, and honestly, four years from now, if they are not improving along the way, things will look really outdated. And while NVIDIA claims that the Orion hardware is capable of level 5 autonomous driving, Mercedes only plans to take the system up to level 2 or level 3, where human drivers are still required to maintain active monitoring and take over as necessary, most likely in order to keep the lawyers and insurance companies happy with what the company is doing. Now on to the world of EV trucks. Uh, you could say in the upcoming battle in the electric pickup truck market, very unique features are likely going to be the difference in what attracts a customer to one model or brand versus another. For the Tesla Cybertruck, this is very obviously going to be its design and potentially its capability of being able to float, even though uh, that has not really been announced much more than just tweets by Elon. Uh, for the Rivian R1T, that could be the tank turn, 
of premium features and the overall outdoors camping uh, experience. The adventure experience. I know that Rivian is going after the adventurist. Uh, and for the hydrogen fuel cell on the Nikola Badger, not the full electric, but the one that's going to use a hydrogen fuel cell, the very interesting feature that they're talking about is including a built-in drinking water feature. It seems like the CEOs are going to Twitter again, and in a recent post, Nikola Motors CEO Trevor Milton noted that he's been receiving a lot of questions about what could be done with the water coming out of the company's hydrogen-powered vehicles. The CEO noted that most of the fuel cell water could be used for windshield washer fluid, though some of it would be purified to provide the drivers with clean drinking water. He said, quote, getting questions about what we do with all the water coming out of our hydrogen trucks. Well, we will use most of it for our windshield washer fluid and then some for pure driver drinking water. Yes, you heard right. We will have a drinking fountain in our truck. Taking the idea even further, Milton invited SodaStream USA to collaborate with Nikola to create a possible built-in soda machine. I got to laugh at this. This is just... Who would have thought that we'd be talking about this kind of thing for vehicles? It's just insane. Uh, but uh, he, he wanted to collaborate to provide a possible built-in soda machine for the for the Badger pickup truck and their um, hydrogen semi-truck, noting that the idea is a bit tricky, but that um, he, he was sure engineers could figure out a viable system for the feature. And while this all might seem very insane, Simon Alvarez of Tesserati writes that it should be noted that Toyota, the maker of the Mirai hydrogen fuel cell car, stated in the past that the vehicle's fuel cell water is actually safe to drink and that they have tested the health impact of the drinking water and found that it was surprising. Toyota claimed that they tested the health impact of the drinking water at a special lab. They said that comparing it to drinking milk, the drainage water from the Mirai has much fewer organic impurities. Um, but they did warn that they don't recommend actually drinking that water since depending on where the vehicle is driven, there's a chance that organisms like E. coli could end up in the water. But back to Nikola and the Badger, if they are working through a purification system after the water has exited the hydrogen fuel cell, then there is absolutely no reason why they could use that water for drinking. At this point, it of course is entirely speculation as the Badger pickup truck is not being built yet. Uh, Nikola intends to open reservations for their Badger pickup truck tomorrow, June 29th. And then of course, the vehicle is fully expected to be unveiled at the upcoming Nikola World 2020 event, which is scheduled for December. One way or the other, the fact that we are talking about features of pickup trucks or features of cars instead of having a normal conversation, I think is very telling. We as consumers are not interested in maintaining the boring status quo anymore when it comes to the vehicles we choose to transport us from place to place. We want the vehicle to be as much of an experience as it is a method of transportation. 
Well, that is all for the news this week. Unfortunately, I did not have anybody submit an EV question this week. So if you have a question about electric vehicles, something that you want to know, whether it's the most simple, the most basic, or even something that gets really complicated, uh, go ahead and submit that via email to hello at ev-resource.com. I love answering questions and helping to educate more people about the greatness that is electric vehicles. A uh, special thank you, as always, to everybody that supports this show, either by listening or sharing it with your friends, and especially those that are supporting on Patreon. Patreon is a website where you can support creators with a small financial contribution to aid in the creation of their work. Uh, you can find us there at patreon.com slash evresource. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Um Give me some feedback. I always invite your feedback. Let me know what you think. If there's anything that you want to see added to the show or anything specifically, uh, I welcome that. You can also email me on that or leave a comment here on the YouTube channel. If you want to listen to any of the previous podcasts, uh, you can find them on the webpage, audio only, under the podcast section or on any of the major podcast platforms. Any reviews that you can give on Apple Podcasts would be greatly appreciated. And I invite you to come say hi on social media. Facebook is always a great place to engage in the conversation around the latest EV news. Thank you very much for being with me, and I'll catch you next week. Yeah.